0: COVID-19 has caused major disruptions to normal operations for banks and credit unions and to their customers as well. That combination of altered routines and available money creates prime opportunities for financial fraud. Matt Tengwall, General Manager of Fraud and Security Solutions at Variant Systems is this week's guest on the Banking Strategies podcast. He'll be talking about the upswing in fraudster activity during the pandemic and steps that financial institutions can take to reduce their risks. Actionable insights can help power smart decisions. Each week, the BAI Banking Strategies podcast focuses on important issues facing financial services leaders, as well as the emerging trends that are rapidly reshaping the financial industry. I'm Terry Badger, your host and the managing editor at BAI. Pull up a chair and join us. Fraud and scams are always a risk for financial institutions. But it seems that disrupted operations due to COVID-19 have created more avenues of attack. On the Banking Strategies podcast to discuss the current fraud landscape and how banks and credit unions can better protect themselves, we have Matt Tengwall, General Manager of Fraud and Security Solutions at Verant Systems. Matt, thanks for joining us today.
1: It's a pleasure to be here. Looking forward to the conversation. Thanks for having me.
0: So, Matt, a good place to start might be with a little background on Verant's customer engagement group that you're a part of. What sorts of services do you provide for the financial services companies?
1: The customer engagement group at Varent has a very broad portfolio when it comes to customer engagement and customer experience. And I know that that sounds awfully broad. From a technology perspective, Varent is really a leader in the markets, especially in the financial institutions, in a way that we like to enhance and help financial institutions really understand the experience of a consumer just like you and I. So there's a lot of touch points and and I'm sure we'll talk about these, but uh, a financial institution has offered a lot of touch points for their consumers, uh, whether it's via their smartphone, whether it's in person, whether it's an ATM, uh, you name it online. And Barrent, as a a customer engagement company offers different ways for the financial institution to better understand uh, their customer and the consumer and to make sure that that experience is as flawless as possible. Uh, in my group specifically, with fraud and safety and security in those environments, it's our job from, a obviously, a, a consumer's experience to make sure that the employees and the consumer themselves are safe and secure. We offer a broad security surveillance portfolio to the fraud and corporate security divisions of financial institutions that allow them to make sure that they're taking the appropriate precautions. Uh, not only from a preventative perspective, but also a, a proactive nature as well to make sure the experience is a safe one.
0: We'll be focusing on fraud and security solutions for the rest of our conversation. In terms of fraud during the COVID crisis, we've heard a number of reports about fraud in general being up. Can you put numbers behind that or other perspective based on what you're seeing?
1: Yeah, I haven't seen exact numbers, but I would tell you that it's different. Whether it's increased or not, time will tell, and I'm sure financial institutions here at the end of the year will give us a a glimpse into what that looks like. But when your physical footprint as a financial institution and many financial institutions simply shut down their retail branch environment, Uh, So you're limiting how, uh, you know, a major touch point, a major artery for consumers to engage uh, the financial institution and use the financial institution. So now you are more limited. ATMs obviously available. A lot of drive throughs were obviously available. Those are the physical touch points. Obviously, the, the websites became a little more crowded. And so when there's different and increasing areas of touch points for consumers, that obviously means that there's increased in areas of opportunity for fraud. So I would argue that it maybe there's not an enormous amount more. It's just a different type and a different touch point to the financial institutions and different opportunities for bad actors or, or fraudsters.
0: So, what if anything are you seeing that's new on the fraud front in the past six months? Anything different in terms of form, in terms of brazenness, in terms of cleverness among the fraudsters?
1: The time we're in, obviously, is a unique one. You look back at what might be consistent with this and how people are acting and how times are tough for many Americans. You probably look back at the 08 crisis and how things were a challenge for many people then. We saw a spike and an increase in how uh, fraudsters, bank robberies even at the time, and theft in general would increase during times like this. So you do see that brazenness, you do see that additional risk that a normal person may not take. And then you may see a career fraudster figure out more unique and high-tech ways of creating either fraudulent accounts, cashing fraudulent checks in a time like this. So what we're seeing from a physical perspective, we've seen a string of brazenness that is where customers are actually going up to ATMs, attaching a chain and ripping the face off of ATMs to gain access into the product and the ATM which is obviously money and we've seen a chain of that down in the in the Gulf region whereas in other areas of the country we've seen more online fraud and greater opportunity for that and honestly the reason behind that is the additional touch points that we already talked about but uh, you know financial institutions are really doing their best you know during this time to have a, a high bar of customer service and customer engagement. And they become more lenient at times. They want to make sure that folks aren't on hold as long or even on a call as long, which means they maybe don't take the appropriate security surveillance and fraud steps that they would normally take. So it's a challenging time, yes, for the consumers, but it is equally as challenging for financial institutions to make sure that they continue that high bar of customer service and safety and security.
0: I'd imagine when fraudsters change their method of attack or their point of entry, you have to counter their move, kind of like a chess match. What's it been like for you and your colleagues at Verint during the pandemic in terms of adjusting to what's happening?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of the adjustment's going to come when there's a sense of normalcy and we can all take a, a deep breath and kind of look into the archives and look into history and see what we could do better going forward. I, I do see... During the pandemic, even though a lot of safety and security folks were taken off the everyday roles that they were in, some even investigators were taking off other roles and used differently in financial institutions because that customer service focus was so extreme, but we have seen and have had a number of conversations with customers that now are starting to use a greater percentage of the technology in which they invested in. As you can imagine that if your laptop has an enormous amount of capability and functionality, you and I as users of our technology, maybe we don't use 100% of it. I think the same thing has transpired with financial institutions. They've made investments based on the foundation of security and technology that they want, but they never really got to a point where they used 90, 95% of the technology, but they had to make quick reactions and turns During the pandemic, and the best way to do that is simply dig deeper with that investment that you've made. And we've seen financial institutions do that with our technology, um, become more well-versed with our technology and use it in a different way that helps them during such a different time.
0: Let me stick with this chess analogy for another second or two. It seems the fraudsters are always playing white. That is, uh, they always get the first move. So is that just the nature of things? Or is there a way for the security side to play more offense, to be more proactive versus being mainly reactive?
1: Yeah, you know, from a certain lens, I can understand you saying that, uh, you know, maybe they have the first move. Maybe they have an advantage and from a security supplier perspective and from a financial institution perspective, it's reactive. I'd argue that we've taken an enormous amount of steps together in conjunction with the financial institutions and the overall security market to force the fraudsters to go in certain directions where there's less opportunity. I do believe that the suppliers, my counterparts, and colleagues in the security industry are working every day towards what we believe to be the financial institution's needs. And when we do that, we stop them and therefore they have to turn and pivot and go in a different direction. So that first move to white is probably closer to the fifth or sixth move because the first four were not of options because of the technology and what it prevents.
0: I have a couple of questions based on a recent BAI survey on use of technology by financial institutions. In our survey, more than 80% of customers said that they've been more careful with sharing their personal information, and yet online fraud continues to rise. So what can banks and credit unions do to make sure that their customers are keeping things on the safe side?
1: The convenience of interacting with different organizations online, whether it's your financial institution, whether it's your insurance company retailers, massive retailers, that convenience is only getting greater, especially during the pandemic. Therefore, you and I as consumers need to take greater confidence and have greater trust in those institutions. And obviously your financial data and information is critical and near and dear to everyone's heart. So IT and cybersecurity risk management is a a major focus of financial institution these days and we see that when we're interacting with them on a daily basis. So, they're taking appropriate steps, and I know that there, on occasion, data breaches occur, but I can tell you that financial institutions, and whether it's our federal government, whether it's your insurance company, are taking great steps every day to prevent that from occurring. On occasion, it happens. I can tell you that the financial institutions also hold security suppliers like myself to certain standards. They have very high bars. They have expectations of us having third-party cyber intrusion testing on a regular basis every time we have a release to to the market or to a specific financial institution. It needs to be tested and approved by someone outside of Varen, which we do on a fairly dedicated basis. So, there are standards that we are held to. I do believe that each individual financial institution has high standards of themselves but they need to continue to hold their suppliers to those similar high standards and make sure that folks like us are really catering to that sensitive topic of that threat intrusion and protection when it comes to our everyday data.
0: Following up on that, in terms of how safe financial institutions are communicating with their customers about staying safe, the extent and the effectiveness of their outreach in that direction, because I'd imagine that the consumer themselves are you know, really the front line here, right? And the more that they can do to protect themselves, the better for everybody.
1: It always starts with the consumer. Absolutely. And we always hear about this in the everyday world. You hear about things like password hygiene, making sure that you're catering to your passwords, changing your passwords that are not all the same. It's simple things like that can go a long way. And financial institutions do offer that direction. I'd love to see it even more dedicated responses to, on how you can protect yourself when it comes to your private data. That's an important piece of this topic. So financial institutions do give direction. I don't think it's loud enough because I know that obviously when it comes to the folks that we deal with, thousands of financial institutions that we deal with on a regular basis, they hold us to a standard. And I know they hold themselves to a standard and they're catering and dealing with making sure that every consumer's personal data is as secure as possible make it
0: another survey finding from our BAI survey was that many customers, particularly older ones, are not comfortable with AI, which banks and credit unions are increasingly using for their fraud protection efforts. Does this line up with your experience? And if so, what can FIs do to make these customers more comfortable with AI and other emerging technologies?
1: Certainly, there's a generational gap if you will when it comes to technology and getting folks comfortable with something as new as ai sometimes ai is front and center and you can see it and there's sometimes that ai is in the background and serving a purpose capturing data creating automation creating conveniences because there's an enormous amount of ai out there that will make our lives easier and once people hear and see that on a regular basis and they see the history and the security around AI, and they have a comfort level with it, it will become more impactful to our lives. Today, it's more in the background, but I, I do believe as the iPhone generation continues to get older and older, and then folks like my kids become more prominent parts of our society, you're going to see that comfort level increase. And I believe that comfort level increases when AI becomes more scalable and more consistent, it's a comforting phrase, not a concerning one.
0: Even those financial institutions that are doing security well can always do it better, right? So where are the key areas that you think where there's room for improvement?
1: I think that we could be critical of ourselves as a supplier in a market as well. And I'm sure you could ask that same question to a financial institution and ask them how mass business could uh, could be better. But I would say that the biggest hurdle and I know it's not on purpose, but the biggest hurdle that financial institutions run into is staying up to date and current on technology. There's a tendency, and AI is a great example, but there's a tendency that the technology market sometimes moves faster than the actual user. So there's justifiable reasons for that, but the financial institutions, when I say current, uh, if we come out with a release, you know, once a year, a software update, sometimes financial institutions find themselves lagging behind because there's other distractions. There's other priorities going on. Uh, Of course, we think our technology is the priority, but especially during times like this, there's other priorities they need to adhere to. Staying current on technology will allow a financial institution to be more secure, to take advantage of other technologies. When I say take advantage of other technologies to get deeper into other safety and fraud and security solutions. And so if that's the case, I mean, we have customers today that are a few years behind, you know, where we are from a, a roadmap perspective. I'd love to see our customers attempt to stay as up to date as possible. Sometimes it's a resource challenge, uh, which we certainly understand, but if I was to selfishly ask them to do something, then that would probably be my biggest pain point.
0: Well, the risk is out there and it's real. So it makes sense for banks and credit unions to be as ready as they can to deal with that risk. So Matt Tangwall, General Manager of Fraud and Security Solutions at Verant, thanks again for making time to speak with us on the Banking Strategies podcast.
1: Pleasure talking to you. Thank you.
0: A few takeaways from our podcast conversation with Matt Tangwall from Verant Systems. First, Fraudsters are more active during COVID, and there's more brazenness involved in their schemes, including a string of strong-arm attacks on ATMs in the Gulf region. The accelerated move to digital banking is in part responsible. It's enlarged the opportunity set for criminals. Matt Tengwall says one of the ways financial institutions have responded to the heightened activity is by more fully using the capabilities of their security technology. In the chess match between the bad guys and the banks, it seems the crooks are always playing the white pieces. They move first, and the security side tries to defend. But Matt says that viewpoint may be deceiving. He says the financial institutions and their partners are having some success taking away the fraudsters' favored plays. Doing this forces them to resort to more difficult ploys with a lower likelihood of success. And finally, he says the best advice he can offer banks and credit unions is that they don't skimp on security. Yes, it may be expensive to keep up with the often rapid advances in technology, and there are many other projects competing for funding. But falling behind in those software updates and other security measures could well be costlier, both monetarily and in reputation, if the fraudsters manage to pull off a checkmate. Thank you for listening to this week's BAI Banking Strategies podcast. I'm Terry Badger, Managing Editor at BAI. Please join us for our next conversation on an important issue for the financial services industry.